Welcome back to the Cornetto Minute, the daily podcast where we investigate the gunfights, car chases, and proper action of Hot Fuzz one minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Nick Jimenez. And today we're about to go off on Minute 19, which begins with Frank introducing Angel to Doris Thatcher and ends with Tom Weaver of the NWA telling Frank and Angel about the human statue. So yeah, we're, we're halfway through meeting the uh, the Stanford Police Department. Or more yeah. Than halfway. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've really just got, um, we've really just got Doris here, uh, to be introduced to. Um, and, uh, of course she's played by, uh, uh, actress Olivia Coleman. Yeah. Um, I think I, I might, I mean, other than obviously like I knew her from this and then I remember her being in the 11th hour, um, the, uh, the, the first episode of, uh. Uh, the 11th Doctor's tenure on Doctor Who. Um, first Stephen Moffat episode as well. She was one of uh, one of uh, Prisoner Zero's uh, human <laughs> right. people. Yeah, yeah she- which, you know, like, n- n- not to turn this into the Doctor Who show all of a sudden, but one of the great, I think, wastes of talent in the show's history up there with Bill Nighy. Yeah. Bill Nighy at least gets that killer monologue at the end of his mm-hmm. episode about Vincent Van Gogh. But yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, you're like, wait, wait, why is that Olivia? Cl-? And like, it's one of those things that's just going to get worse. Cause that was before like the favorite came out. Right now. You know? Now she's very likely going to be Oscar winning, <laughs> Oscar winning. Uh, yeah. Oscar, w- Oscar winning PC Doris Thatcher. Yeah. And, and, and so like, uh, I, I, I don't know, but um, anyway, yeah. So lots of uh, British television, I think mostly and until fairly recently, um, but she's been in like, uh, the lobster and, uh, she played, um, Carol Thatcher in, uh, the, the iron, iron lady. lady. Yeah. Meryl Streep. Mm-hmm. She was w- in Cuban fury with, uh, with, with, with Nick Frost. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, she was in the movie Tyrannosaur, a little known movie, but directed by all also hot fuzz alum, Patty Considine. Oh yeah. Right. Right. Or right. What it's worth. Yeah. I think you brought that up earlier this week. Um, uh, that that particular film um, when we were talking about P- Patty Constantine, mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah, and then she was most recently in um, Murder on the Orient Express and uh, The Favorite, which she's fantastic in, uh, and then of course um, uh, an episode of Midsummer Murders, like everyone in this movie, probably yeah, uh, and then uh, and then she's going to be um, in uh, The Crown uh, seasons. Um, oh, and she's also in that Watership Down thing on Netflix. Oh, is she? That's got the like stacked cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, she's going to be in The Crown um, seasons three and four. Yes. Um, oh, she's in The Night Manager, Scott. Is she in The Night Manager? I haven't watched that. No, I haven't watched I that. It's good. 
Mm. She's in the Five-ish Doctors reboot, which we've talked about on the show. Oh, she's apparently in Fleabag, which I've seen, and I don't remember her in it. Um, but then, of course, I think most importantly, as far as, like, of all of her roles that mm-hmm. she's done, um, probably most well-known as uh, D.S. Ellie Miller in Broadchurch, um, which ran for 24 episodes opposite David Tennant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and is like a British 65. Uh, yeah, yeah, no kidding. Um, but yeah, she uh, is an absolute powerhouse on that show. Sure. Yeah. No, we're just now starting to enter the full, like the full, witness the full might of a fully operational Olivia Coleman. Right. Uh, after so, so many years of her just being like a, a well kept secret for like people who go see a lot of random stuff. Right. Or you know, from our end, from the U.S. end. Right. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Who knows? Who knows what her reputation has been like across the pond? Maybe she's been like kind of a beloved i don't know who knows yeah but um but the point is like she's great in this in this part and i think the thing that's really interesting about it is like i don't know i guess we should have like a larger conversation about doris thatcher just in general about her place in this in this movie because she is the only female character in the whole movie um, outside of, I guess, uh, what's her face? Uh, Lucy Ball, Lucy Ball, Lucy what's, Punch, Lucy Punch. Yes. Lucy Punch's character, um, which is, uh, you know, she's in, I think four scenes total, something sure, like the that. Only, the only non-member of the NWA. Oh, right. Yeah. There, there's not a lot of female characters in this is my point. And, um, Doris Thatcher is like one of the only like good guys, I guess is what I mean. Um, as sure, far as sure. like, the only female character who, who turns out to be a, 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 a protagonist all the way through. Right, exactly. So I, I just, um, I, what, what, what character is she? Like, if, if, if the Andes are a send up of like the rival detective team um, trope, who is she? What is she a send up from? Because, you know, there, there's, there's, um, I mean, it could be something of like a, you know, small town hungry for fresh meat kind of character um and maybe that that's like part of it of just like oh i'm 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 just been around like these doofuses and so like i'm just so hungry for like someone who isn't them Mm -hmm. who isn't these people that i grew up with you know that i'm like i'm like really into this guy um but then there's also uh, it feels like it's trying to play up some sort of action movie trope but i don't know what it is oh see to me i i I don't find I don't find myself thinking of any like action movie tropes specifically with Dor- with, with Doris Thatcher, but she so reminds me of like the kind of of women or the kind of like the workspace that I see women in like in offices where it's like you do have sometimes like the one woman in an office that is kind of like hey it's cool I'm gonna disarm you with jokes like I'm I know I'm a girl like it's I'm one of the guys. And like that seems to be Doris Thatcher's character. She seems like very into just being like one of the blokes and one of the mates, and like uses that with like humor. And I don't know. It's it's such like a comforting, not comforting, but I don't know. It's like oh, I've I've seen this person in life a lot, just in different like offices and like places. So I don't know. She seems very much drawn from that. Then like I don't know, commenting on like women's roles in action movies. The, this. And for better or for worse, Doris Thatcher or Edgar Wright in this movie seems kind of uninterested in saying anything about that. Yeah, I, I, I guess, uh, I guess you're probably right. Um, it's just, I don't know. I just, I, I always want it to mean more because if that's all it is, it just like, just feels like a waste of Olivia Coleman. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it definitely is a, a an, an early example of her making a lot out of like a little, like very little. Who knows how mm-hmm. many 
actual lines or minutes of screen time Doris Thatcher has, but you she leaves such an impression and you get such a specific slice of this character. Mm-hmm. It's great. Yeah, she is. She's just very memorable. Uh, and yeah, but yeah, the, the, you could have. I mean, Quentin Tarantino, I think, said in one of his commentaries, "I want a whole movie about Doris Thatcher." Yeah, I mean, if they uh, if they ever want to make a, a Hot Fuzz sequel, it would be like dope. If like, I just I'm just trying to think of like, you know, you don't want to make if they were to do a Hot Fuzz sequel, mm-hmm. you don't not want Doris Thatcher in it, but you need to have something more substantial to offer Olivia Coleman. I sure, think to get her back to get her back. I mean, I think she would definitely would come back if there was like something else there mm. but if it was just more of the same i don't i don't see that happening yeah, well, i can't help but wonder if she would assume some sort of position of authority in the mm. wake of you know jim broadbent's exit, oh that's were. true you know who's that's to say true. maybe nick nicholas angel wouldn't want to be the new chief of police or the chief inspector he wanted to stay on the streets that's true and so olivia coleman's like well i actually do want that cushy corporate job because she doesn't seem she seems to love her job but she doesn't seem committed to it in the way that nicholas does where she seems to enjoy the leisurely parts of this job mm-hmm. and is in no is not itching for it to change at all she's not judy hops right she, that's true she's like yeah this is great yeah that's very true yeah maybe maybe she's just uh chief of police mm-hmm um that could be uh that could be fun too i don't know i i just think um like it's sort of a one note joke the whole movie uh it's just double entendres like that's that's the joke is yeah. like she makes double entendres yeah it's like that, that's, um, that's that's become her thing in the office it's yeah like, oh that's her she makes double entendre jokes we all laugh they all laugh every time yeah the, it's it's a thing where it's like oh she sexually harasses her co-workers but it's fine because she's a woman yeah. like that's the that's the joke it seems like Doris. where it's like if it was a man it would be it would be like doing that to women it would be bad but like because it's a woman doing it to men i guess it's fine that's um just doris yeah that's just how she is uh, I don't know. Um, Donnie's seen her bra. <laughs> don't know the context. Don't care to know. I mean, I assume it's uh, I, I just assume it was in the locker room. Of course. Yeah. 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 That their, their, uh, locker room is, uh, I mean, I doubt she has like a private locker room, you know? No, but it's, it's perfect. It, 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 it's, it's, it's just another way to accentuate that Danny is like an eight year old or mm-hmm. a 12 year old. Right. Cause he's saying that while he's like eating a chocolate pie. Yeah. That's um, true. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's great. She, yeah, she, she, like, even the way she flirts with Nicholas Angel, it kind of seems just playful enough that you kind of get the feeling maybe that's just what she does to, like, every new person in the office, or just like that's her sense of humor. Like, she just tries to make them feel uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. We're just like, I don't, it doesn't, for some reason, it doesn't seem necessarily pointed at Nicholas Angel in this moment. Hmm. But maybe, I don't know. But I don't know. Maybe I, there's some hot, hot fuzz fans out there that do, like, ship Angel and, thatcher yeah i don't know i mean i'll be honest i kind of do sure. uh and the, the reason is just because she's so forward and i feel like that's something nicholas would need right yeah he would need uh, actually a woman to be like hey i'm and because yeah he would never not yet anyway yeah um i yeah I, 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 I would definitely geez i just i really want like the next edgar wright movie to just be bonkers stupid with like women parts yeah just because i'm like god like she could do imagine her in like a crime Kind of more baby baby driver world, like mm-hmm. underground mob world. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know, because he, he's worked with such great. He parents. should just combine those two worlds and have the next baby driver movie take place in England. <laughs> yeah, 
Hell yeah. Like, like yeah. where a baby can't drive in America anymore because he's paroled, but they'll never let him have a driver's license again. So he moves to England mm-hmm. where he can drive again because it's the only thing he's good at. Yeah, where he meets the London baby driver played by Taron Edgerton. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's, it's baby driver versus baby driver. Yeah. Baby against baby driver against <laughs> driver. <laughs> oh, hey, you're the baby driver. That's him. With his little hat. Anyway. Mm. But yeah, man. Uh, Olivia Coleman, international treasure. It's true. It's true. Like Jim Broadbent. World treasure. World treasure. Mm. Olivia Coleman. Just like Jim Broadbent. Just like Bill Nye. Yeah, this movie is, 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 a, is a cave of wonders. Mm-hmm. A cornucopia of talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then we, uh, so we, we retire upstairs, uh, because yeah. Nicholas tries to get out of, uh, boning Olivia Coleman. <laughs> the NWA. Yeah. It's we, the, it's the first time that you get to see the visual joke of the NWA. Uh-huh. Which is, uh, the Neighborhood Watch Association. Um, not the, uh, not the musical group that stands for another thing. Um, I love that they went with that, like that little NWA joke. I just think it's so funny because it's only a joke for certain people. Yeah, it, it's it's just like a nothing joke. It's like flicking it away. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we are introduced to uh, Tom Weaver, played by the legendary Edward Woodward, who fans of the Cornetto Minute will have heard us talk about earlier uh, on The Wicker Man. Yes. Who played a very Neil- Nicholas Angel-like character. Yes, Police Sergeant Neil Howey. Yeah. Neil Howie, uh, burned alive in a wicker man. Yeah, but you know what? He died loving Jesus. He did. <laughs> I like to think that meant something. <laughs> Sorry, it Jim. meant something to him. So it meant, some, meant sure, sure as shit meant something to Neil Howie, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we get uh, we get Tom Weaver here, and um, he, is, he is so good in this. <laughs> yeah, just uh, really, really, really comes in, walks in owning the space. Mm-hmm. He's really, really good. Uh, and I think he died shortly after this. This might have been his final role. Um, oh, 2009 is when he 2009, passed. yeah. But still could have been one of his final. I still, yeah, I, th- I still think this was his last, the very last thing that he was in, maybe. Uh, something um, called A Congregation of Ghosts. Oh, that was his Reverend last thing. Frederick Densom. Okay, yeah, that, that checks out that that would be his last thing, would be a reverend. And <laughs> um, uh, check. Uh, yeah, no, I love, I love this. I love this character. Um, he is, I'm trying to think of like what he reminds me of. He reminds me of like, like a, like a, uh, like the character in like a movie about like a racist family. Sure. Where there's like, where, where like the, there's the, there's the oldest one. Sure. The grandpa and Mudbound. I haven't seen Mudbound, okay. so I'm not that, sure. This what is you're for my to. benefit. Okay. okay. So, so he's just like really old, like <laughs> just barely can move. Yeah. You know, he, he there's no way, kind of like um, Robert Duvall in Widows. Sure. You know? Like, oh, boy. Yeah, where he's just like... Kid, he, step back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like he can't... He's racist, but he also can't do anything about being racist. Yeah, yeah, and the family can't even like, hey, you knocked that off. They'd have to be kind of like, oh, dad... <laughs> but not only that but like even if the whole family was racist right it's like they can all go and do like their their you know kkk racist stuff but he's just like too old so he's just sure. like a sad old man in a wheelchair and his like kkk hoodie yeah, or something just like watching sean hannity yeah where he's just like very devoted to like this terrible cause <laughs> right yeah but it's kind of all he has left right but also he's not any good at at you know when when he's the last man standing he's like the worst last man standing right yeah like it's because he was just he's been in his uh kind of weird makeshift dark night 
Yeah. Like, like Cerebro operation. Right. But I see what you mean. Yeah. Like he, cause he, uh, his character is, he just sits at his command center, his words, mm-hmm. like Kevin Smith and Die Hard. <laughs> yeah. And he just kind of like, oh, look over here. We're going to be up to our balls and juggler. And he's kind of, yeah, yeah, you're right. He just yells at the things that frustrate him. And like, we have to deal with this, Frank. And he's <laughs> right. like, okay, you crazy old fucker. Like, yeah. <laughs> even he kind of just sees him as a, as a benign nuisance. Right. Yeah. He's a very interesting member of the NWA. Uh, so if you look in his office before we get to the command center, mm. I spy with my little eye, uh, a very important item, uh, that seems to be a, uh, a call out to, uh, a certain previous film that we may have covered a minute at a time. Um, and it's, uh, it's right here. Oh, oh, okay. Cool, Leaning cool, cool, against cool. the window. We have a, uh, cricket bat. Great. I was looking at the wrong frame. Yeah. That's for sure. A cricket ma- a palette, uh, cricket bat. palette. <laughs> yeah a pallet of crickets yeah it's one pallet of crickets yeah yeah that's fun uh maybe that's like a way that he re- he uh he exercises in his old age i don't know plays cricket plays cricket no yeah. i do like his command center though it's very tidy it's super tidy like it's not the command center of a crazy person no this is not someone who like like eats and drinks and sleeps and like spills coffee and doesn't care and like just absorb this is a, yeah you, it's very neat he's, very he's this is this is this is the command center of someone who's very proud of what he does yes yeah very well to do probably like polishes it once a week mm-hmm. and then he probably leaves it at home yeah or who knows maybe he does like go home at night and be like oh, fucking crusty chocolate oh maybe oh you mean leaves it at work okay oh gotcha. uh, <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry i got that backwards yeah <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, and it reminds me of, um, you know, and when I was in college and we had like a local uh, TV station, um, we had a room like this where we had to like sort of uh, duplicate tapes and uh, record like live TV to make sure that it's like going out properly and stuff like that. And that's what this room, that this room reminds me of that room. Definitely. Uh, the control room. Yeah. If you look, if you look behind just like at the the, the shelves of tapes and tapes and tapes and like who knows how many decades worth of of information weaver has just absorbed through his eyes Mm -hmm. it's like the conversation yeah he knows everything yeah it's true he's probably he's probably uh led directly to the capture and death of the previous uh chief of police Mm -hmm. he probably caught him sneaking around He, he 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 caught uh you know nicholas angel Leading that gang of drunken youths right. around last night. And he respected it. Yeah. He, he was like, oh, I really liked what you were doing last night. Your handiwork last night. Of your handiwork. And but but here's the thing. This is where I'm confused because Frank was just telling Nicholas that he overreacted. But 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 they're both on the NWA, so like what's happening here? Can, can I can I can I say something? And maybe we mentioned this earlier. That scene kind of fault make kind of it kind of is like a mario kart trap in the script mm-hmm. it kind of just contradicts a lot of stuff and yeah. doesn't do anything right you get great big bushy beard right but that's kind of the only source of good like the more we talk about that scene the more it kind of just makes stuff more confusing it does it does um and we definitely we talked about that uh, a couple days ago when it when it happened but it's it's still like just you know two minutes later it's still sort of gnawing at us because it's <laughs> 
it's weird. Like it's it, it is a weird beat uh, in this otherwise kind of perfect movie. But I do uh, I do like the bit where he uh, is talking about. He's like, oh, I wish you'd done something about those loitering hoodies, though, <laughs> hanging around, sitting. <laughs> exactly what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so good. Graffiti. Graffiti. Frank. Something needs to be done about them. <laughs> Uh, and then and then Frank calls them nippers. Yeah, which is the most adorable, you know, most Jim Broadbent thing you, that could ever, you know, you could ever call someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what he calls kids, I guess. Just nippers. Kill the nippers. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and then we get uh, we get our first mention of the human statue. Yes. Um, but we'll talk more about him, I think. <clears throat> the Dr. Octopus tomorrow. of Sanford. The Dr. Octopus <laughs> The human statue. Uh, up to our bowls and jugglers. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, he uh, not he is not he is not a fan of uh, what do you call those people? Street performers. Yeah, street performers. There's another term for them for street performers, and I forget what it is. Um, it's like a fun word. Traveling folk. No, the it, wandering folk, or they called it in, uh, in the King Killer Chronicle. <laughs> I forget. Uh, busker. 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 Right. A the, busker. He hates buskers. Yeah, he hates buskers. Crusty buskers. Crusty buskers. <laughs> Probably hates once. Yeah. Oh, you know he does. Mm-hmm. You know he does. Get out of there! <laughs> they just walked into this music store and now they're playing a song? Where's that minute movie? Podcast. I don't know. It'd be short though. Yeah, in and out. Yeah, it's a pretty pretty short movie. Um, shorter than the musical, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. The stage musical. Was the musical like three hours? Yeah, probably. Right. I mean, is there a musical that is like less than two and a half? Yeah, I mean they're so expensive. It kind of is like it's the opposite of a movie. When when you hear it's long, you're probably like, oh, get freaking fucking right. I hope it is. It's, it's eighty bucks. <laughs> it's co- yeah, it's costing me eighty dollars. Oh man. Yeah, you, I would feel a little ripped off if a musical was in and out in like an hour ten mm-hmm. if it, at Broadway prices. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, you know, if it's like just like a off, you know, if I'm just like on a date or whatever in the city, it's like, oh cool. But if yeah, it's like yeah. Broadway, Broadway. <laughs> if I'm if I'm sp- if I'm spending forty plus dollars, I want a minimum two hour experience. There you go. Minimum. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, um, all right. I guess that's. Uh, I guess we'll end on, uh, on 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 uh, being up to our balls and jugglers. Great, yeah, it's a good, it's a good ending as any. <laughs> it's true, uh, guys. We have a T Public store, um, duelinggenre.com slash merch. You can go buy anything from T Public through that store, including uh, merchandise with our logo and and things like that on it. So uh, go check that out. Uh, at some point. At some point, I will figure out. Uh, I will figure out how to design T-shirts, and uh, we'll start getting on top of that. Hmm. Um, it's just you know, there's only so many hours in the day. Uh, but I definitely want some merch. Let us know what what kind of what kind of Cornetto Minute related merch would you guys want? Um, is there uh, Let us know. is there like a running running joke or something from uh, Shaun of the Dead? That you'd want, or or from Hot Fuzz that you'd want on a on a shirt or a coffee mug or something. Let us know uh, in the Facebook group. 
the Cornetto Minute Listeners Pub, and uh, we'll we'll take a look at those things and uh, try and figure out a way to get that going because uh, I would definitely like to. So let us know. Again, that uh, is duelinggenre.com slash merch. Go there, buy anything from Public, and we'll get a cut of your purchase. We appreciate it. It helps us keep the lights on, and we'll be back tomorrow with Minute 20 for the greater good. The greater good. We are the Reservation Society God save Donald Duck